Welcome everybody to another episode of the Nerd Continuity, where we talk about design, development, and all other crazy sort of stuff that we find online. Today is the episode 23 of this wonderful podcast, and the main topic that uh, I'm gonna pretty much talk about it throughout all the different mini topics of this episode is about AI, machine learning, and VR, virtual reality. Before starting, as usual, I'm Alex, Alicad, Alessandro, whatever you want to call me. I'm your host and creator of this podcast. And if you want to write me a question, you can sign up on my forum at the address forum.alicad with 3D, so alicad.com. I know it's re- it's very confusing. Like every time I say it, uh, everyone gets confused. They don't know how to write it, but it's forum.alicad.com. Dot com sounds really weird, but that it is. And of course, if you want to support me, you want to support my channel, my YouTube channel, where I do free tutorials for designers and developers, you can become a Patreon or you can check the support me page on my website where you can find different ways and methods to support me. So let's start this wonderful episode talking about AI, artificial intelligence, machine learning and virtual reality. I don't know if you know this, but pretty much all the big companies are pointing towards that direction. In I don't know, it's 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 weird. Like I mean, I don't think it's weird, but pretty much every company, like I'm talking about the three major companies, like computing companies that are Google, Microsoft, and Apple. Of course, we should also include Amazon, but I don't feel like Amazon is like at the same level. Amazon is more uh, of like um, type of cloud company, uh, cloud computing company. Google, it's like, I don't know, they're so broad and they're pretty much everywhere. Google, Microsoft, and Apple are in everyday lives, in every object that we use, in every device that we use there, some of them, like, you can live, potentially, you can live without Amazon. If you don't use Amazon, if you don't use uh, AWS, Amazon Web Services, uh, if you don't buy anything there, um, e-commerce, if you don't have Alexa, you can live without Amazon. You won't interact with Amazon. It's totally fine. But if you have a phone, uh, nowadays, if you have an IoT device, even a fridge that is connected to the internet, probably you're connected or to Google or to Apple or to Microsoft for whatever reason. So these are the three main companies. And every time they do a conference, every time they do an announcement, it looks like they, they're they all copying each other. They're all doing the same things. They're all moving towards the same direction. And the direction that I'm seeing recently is towards artificial intelligence, machine learning, and virtual reality. Up until a couple of years ago, two or three years ago, everything was moving towards social media and gathering user information and hooking users to use the products uh, released by these companies. So we had, of course, Google pushing a lot, Google+. Plus. Do you remember how many times over and over during the conference, the uh, Google I.O. of a couple of years ago, everything was mostly focused on uh, the social aspect of Google+, the social aspects and updates of YouTube, social aspects and and updates of the Google Play Music and all this kind of stuff. Same things for Apple. Apple tried with, what was that, iTunes Ping? It was a social network based on music to do that. And then Microsoft tried to do the same with 
its own social network that I don't even remember how it's called. That's insane because it was really recent, but it was a huge failure, of course. No one used it and it just crashed it. Everyone was trying to compete against Facebook, that is kind of the giant of social network. Uh, now it looks like no one is, I don't know, giving a crap anymore <laughs> about social. Uh, we, we understood that kind of like social networks are really finicky things, are like a thing of the moment and uh, every three months there's a new thing before there's Snapchat, then Snapchat became like the gigantic thing, like the new kids in town that everyone loves and then Instagram trying to buy Snapchat or like Facebook tried to buy Snapchat but Snapchat didn't sell so Basically, Instagram, it's coping every single feature of Snapchat. Snapchat is collapsing. Then uh, Twitter was the best. Now it's going down. Now everyone is moving through to Mastodon. That I, It's a sort of decentralized version of Twitter. Uh, Facebook, it's still there. It's like pretty much everyone's on Facebook. Google Plus looks like it's dying since the first day it was announced. And all other social networks around there are just like... Uh, kind of stupid. Uh, every once a week, there's a new video on YouTube that said YouTube is dead. We should everyone should leave. So I don't know. Social network is a huge mess. So all the big companies are switching, like like uh, are changing their uh, attitude, are changing their interest from social network to other things. They realize that the world is moved by developers. And what developers do, pretty much they use cloud computing and they use all these uh, really heavy technology and information and computing type of machines and all this kind of stuff to build more and more complex things. Before it was just like hap developers and let's build flappy birds. Now it's uh, using AI to improve the experience of the user, using machine learning to try to anticipate the user action and try to give him already what he wants before he even tries to do something. So everything is moving towards the thing. And Amazon was always the leader in cloud computing with AWS. Now Google is trying to catch up with the Google Cloud platform, but it's still kind of expensive. And Microsoft is trying to catch up with um, the OneDrive and then uh, its own uh, cloud computing services, Microsoft Azure, um, or how you want to pronounce it, like Azure, whatever, never used it. And then Apple is increasing the space in iCloud and uh, it's offering a bunch of new backup systems and all this kind of stuff. But pretty much all the announcements of the WWDC uh, of the Google I.O. conference, and I'm sure also the Microsoft Bill conference, were focused on uh, artificial intelligence. So now pretty much everyone is releasing on our phones or our computers, um, a sort of like AI assistant like Cortana or Siri or Google Now, how do you want to call it? And everyone is trying to do exactly the same. And everyone is trying to build an artificial intelligence through machine learning. And this is kind of confusing sometimes. And it, this is something that I'm currently experiencing uh, in my work, on my daily work. We are trying in my company to build a sort of machine learning type of mechanism to help the user, to guide the user 
through the experience of other users. And that could be kind of confusing, but that's how machine learning works. So um, basically it's a sort of collection of previous experiences that will build the consciousness, will build the database, the package of that specific machine in order for the machine to have some history. And based on the experiences of the history, based on the previous experiences that that the machine recorded, it can interact in a more type of like humanly way with the user because it had like previous experiences that are pretty much like 90% of the time are the same of other users. Like we are not unique. We do pretty much the same thing. So if a user or like 10,000 users do the same thing, and the um, computer, the machine records the, those 10,000 interactions and learns, oh, pretty much everyone does this pattern and asks these questions and wants this result. If the 10,001 user arrives and asks the same first question, the machine will probably guess correctly the rest of the sentence or will guess correctly the proper response that a user wants and uh, that's also that that's a, like a really simplistic way of describing machine learning of course it's really way more complicated and especially artificial intelligence is way more complicated than machine learning but the the base ground it's all it's always the same recording as many experiences as possible recording as many data as possible in order to uh, build an automated system based on previous experiences. So that's that's pretty much it. And that's what everyone is trying to do. Google is getting there uh, faster than everyone else. Like the Google Assistant uh, is, is pretty good. It's like kind of like superior to Cortana and Siri. Uh, Cortana and Siri had other aspects. They're better, stuff like that. But now everyone wants to put a gigantic microphone inside our home, inside our phone, inside our computer, just to keep listening to what we do and keep learning and keep saving data about ourselves. And that's it. I don't, I, I, it's not really a rant. It's not really a news. This is just like a consideration, considering that all these big companies are pointing, all of them are pointing towards the same goal. To the same direction it's kind of weird like where's the innovation every time there's someone that tries to do something the entire technology world follows that something and uh, let, let's do it let's let's do exactly the same let's try to let's try to beat them let's try to to make it better and then the attention shifts to uh, another topic another argument like next time is gonna be I don't know, nanotechnology and everyone is going to shift towards nanotechnology because there's no, I don't see the real innovation here. I don't see the, hey, this is something new that no one did before and we're trying to do it. And then another company said, oh, they're doing that thing. Cool. Let's try to do something else that it's better than that thing. Let's not just copycat exactly what we're doing and just change the name and make it crappier. I don't know. It's it's kind of weird like it's getting repetitive that's i think that's the point of this topic like um technology announcements are getting repetitive everyone is getting pumped about a new conference about a new announcement about a new reveal or something but it's getting really repetitive and i don't see innovation anymore or i see like a really small amount of innovation it's just like yeah let's do 
everything is the same but slightly better let's not try to do something more and this leads me also to another thing like specifically towards apple um if you remember a couple of months ago i started my journey to switch to linux and i built my custom htpc i installed linux i'm starting to uh, use it more and more every day coding on linux is fantastic like for a developer you should switch to linux it's really terrific it's really good and um, it's the only crappy thing about Linux is like uh, availability of professional software. So especially from a design point of view, that's why I'm trying to build my own design software, like UI design. Um, hopefully we're gonna see an improvement from that front, but it's been like 20 years and no one has ever improved GIMP as much as Photoshop, so uh, I, I don't, I don't, I, I don't hold my breath for that thing. So I decided to to code it by myself. We'll see what how it goes. But anyway, switching to Linux is more of a decision for uh, first for my wallet because I cannot every two years buy a new machine because unfortunately that the life that, that two years is currently the lifespan of a high-end spec computer that you cannot upgrade. I'm talking about a laptop, I'm talking about a desktop computer that you cannot upgrade like an iMac or a Mac mini or a small HTPC that it's hard to upgrade. I'm a web developer that works remotely pretty much and I need a laptop. I need a really powerful laptop and uh, the the standard unfortunately is getting a MacBook Pro and the MacBook Pros nowadays are really below average like the only thing that drives me through towards apple is the operating system because mac os is really stable uh, runs smoothly also with my older machines they're of course just apple machines and i can run all my professional softwares there i run sketch that is only for apple i run affinity designer that's amazing mac os has built-in apache against uh, install laravel valet that can create all my development environments everything that i want is it's just a really easy operating system it's not customizable it's not hackable it's not open it's so close it's just a stupid close environment that unfortunately it's what I need when I work I just need to open my laptop and start working I don't have to worry on how to install a new graphics card driver or the audio jack doesn't work anymore so I have to reboot the graphic the audio card or install new drivers or oh there's a new version of the operating system if I install it most likely everything that I have on it is not gonna work that's that's what Linux does unfortunately most of the time recently it's getting better but most of the time that's it so um, that's the thing I've been always always driven towards Apple because it's reliable and I, I don't know I, I know it's not a good excuse but it's reliable and I don't have to worry that my machine won't work the problem is that now there's no more innovation anymore like before every time there was a new version of um, an Apple computer an Apple machine we were getting a huge improvement in performances a huge improvement in design do you remember how many times the MacBook Pro design was changed before it was like the white or black plastic thing then it arrived the aluminum chassis then the unibody chassis then we they improved a lot the chiclets like the keyboard chiclets they improved the trackpad massively improved the trackpad and then they stopped now they're removing batteries 
they're removing buttons in order to put like the, the stupid touch bar and they're removing ports like we just have the MacBook Pros now have just like four USB type C ports like who the hell uses those yet it's like too early that's the thing like the lack of innovation in these areas it's it's mind-blowing and then Apple during its latest WWDC 2017 releases this iMac Pro that is just is in my opinion is just a gigantic middle finger to uh, the pro level users that were waiting for a huge upgrade to a pro machine from Apple. I mean, it's a great machine, absolutely. It has a 5K display, it's, it looks really sleek, has like all the super cool ventilation of Apple engineering, that it's, it's amazing, it's solid, it's reliable, has uh, the latest processor inside, a really huge computing power, and you can select uh, up to 128 gigs of RAM. That's amazing. Before there was a limit to 64 or 32 gigs of RAM. That was kind of stupid. The problem is that it's a pro machine that costs $5,000 and everything is soldered. So the RAM is soldered, the hard drive is soldered. You cannot replace, you cannot upgrade anything. So as I said earlier, the current lifespan of a piece of technology like a computer is two years. After two years, that iMac Pro, I cannot do anything else other than throw it away and buy the new version. And that's so stupid. So why? Why the hell do I have to do that? That's, that's insane. That's why, like, of course Apple is doing it because then you're forced to buy it and it's going to get more money and they're going to get more reach and all these kind of stupid things. But it's not good for a pro user. It's not like a pro user will not accept to buy an iMac Pro if he knows that in a year, a couple of years, if he wants to upgrade something, he cannot. The same thing as the Mac Pro. The Mac Pro was kind of a failure and Apple admitted that as well. And now they're trying to, all these rumors and leaks are saying like, oh, the Mac Pro is going to be so modular, so upgradable. I don't believe that. I think it's going to be just an upgraded design to have better graphic cards and better specs, but it's always going to be a huge block that you cannot open and touch it because that's the way it is right now. So upgradability and uh, full control on your machine is only achievable if you build a PC for yourself or if you go to System76, but we're gonna talk about System76 in a bit. So building your own computer, it's a great thing because you can save a lot of money, like that iMac Pro that costs 5,000, you can build it for less than $3,000 and you can have the same specs and that's just 5,000, it's just stupid, so whatever. Anyway, you're not gonna have the fancy chassis aluminum, who cares? So the solution is like building your own custom PC and that's a great experience because you will, first you will learn a lot, like you will learn how a machine works, how to, to fix it, how to care about a machine. You will own that machine because you build it for yourself. You can pick all your parts and it's gonna be amazing. The problem is the operating system because Mac OS, it's an amazing operating system for the stability and the, the fact that you don't have to touch it is just like for dumb people. I, 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 am, I admit I'm dumb when I don't want to do anything. I just want an operating system that I 
turn on the computer, five seconds is up and I can work. I don't have to worry about fixing anything that suddenly stopped working. That's the thing about macOS. And um, Linux is improving slowly and there are more and more desktop environments, more and more distro for Linux that are moving towards the kind of direction of, okay, let's build a distro for consumers. Let's build distros for average users, not heavy developers that know how to tinker with the source code that can do whatever they want. You have the choice, but there are also other options and I like those options. The thing is still like the lack of professional software, but I mean, I started my journey of moving towards Linux and I, I really hope that I will succeed. <laughs> we'll see. The plan is that I recently bought a new iMac. I refurbished iMac like recently, a couple of years ago. I bought a refurbished iMac. And if you have to buy a, um, an Apple product, always buy a refurbished because you save a lot of money and all the specs are maxed out. So just go with that. I have this iMac and I think it's gonna last for another couple of years. After that, I'm not planning to buy another Apple product. I'm gonna just go full Linux, so we'll see how it goes. But the thing is that still the mobility and the um, easy of use of a laptop is really great. And I really like the design and the, 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 the lightweight type of laptops from Apple. Uh, but System76 is introducing something new. Is um, They just released the Galago Pro, that it's a new 13 inches, high DPI, full aluminum body laptop that can compete with a 13 inches MacBook Pro. Can totally compete it. Has also like a gigabit Ethernet port that is amazing, super lightweight. Um, there are some cons to the that type of laptop because like the trackpad is not the best, and there's the bezel. It's pretty, it's pretty big. There are some complaints about the stereo speakers. They are at the bottom, really small. They're not that great, but as a first step in the right direction, it's amazing. It's like this is the first time that a hardware company is releasing. Um, professional level laptop that doesn't look like a piece of plastic grabbed from 1995 something like all the I don't know I don't know why but all the Linux laptops excluding Dell that the Dell XPS it's amazing but there are also some weird issues with that but Dell and system senses are kind of like the, the, the leaders from this point of view creating a consumer laptop that looks good and looks professional, looks like pro. It's kind of like looks premium. It's not a huge piece of plastic that weighs a thousand tons and is not portable even if it's a laptop. So that's a good direction where they're going. I'm not gonna buy the current one. I'm waiting for like next year and a couple of years where they're gonna improve the design and they're gonna release maybe the next version. Probably is gonna be really, really good because they're gonna learn a lot from this first version. And um, I hope they're gonna improve the trackpad because I think that the um, Apple trackpad, the MacBook Pro trackpad is one of the best trackpads ever. And I don't really like using a mouse when I use a laptop. It's kind of distracting. I don't wanna remove my hands from the keyboard. So that's the thing. Um, there are other alternatives like you could potentially buy a Chromebook, but it's still a cheap piece of plastic and they don't, they, they don't cost much, but because it's a cheap piece of plastic, 
The other really sleek product is the Surface Book or the uh, Microsoft Surface. Uh, but if you install Linux on that, you're going to have a thousand different problems of like incompatibility with driver hardware and all this kind of stuff. Instead, System76 releases the laptop package with all the Linux goodness and you know that it will work out of the box with Linux because they tested everything. They built it for, for it. Like they put all the hardware and software and drivers like specifically for Linux. So you can be sure. But I think I got a little bit off the rail. <laughs> like the original topic was AI, machine learning, and VR, but that's that's the thing. Anyway, System76, it's it's a good choice if you want to switch from Apple. You don't want to use Microsoft, and you're thinking to switch to Linux. System76 is System76 is the way to go. Uh, to go back to the original topic, AI, machine learning, and VR. Um, VR is okay. I mean, I don't care about VR honestly. I don't really understand VR. It's, I don't know, it's, it's weird. Like, who can afford VR? Like, it's so expensive right now, and you need a space, you need a proper space, you need a computer that can sustain VR, and if you want to put your helmet and just play a game, you need a gigantic room in order to not destroy anything, and you need to carry your computer on your shoulders. Did you see that backpack computer? to play VR games, that's stupid. Or you need a gigantic cable from the element connected to the computer. I don't really care, like it's too much. It's, for sure, like the future is gonna be there, future is gonna be augmented reality and the entire room is gonna be a game room, but it's it's not, for me, it's not interesting. It's more of a like a kid's dream and uh, it's okay. I'm not saying it's, it's worthless. I'm saying just I'm not interested in VR. Everyone's pointing there as well, but I'm not interested in that. So it's totally, it's totally okay. The thing is that AI and machine learning are spreading all around the board and it's going also on the web. It's going also on our stuff and it's going also on WordPress, of course. And today I want to talk to you about uh, free plugin available for WordPress that it's called Watson Finds. So Watson, just to go back a little bit, Watson is the IBM system for cognitive computing and it's been around for a bit now, has like been developed a lot, has a huge database and what Watson does basically analyzes the uh, text, the content of a web page and returns emotions, like what a user, what a person uh, will experience by reading that content. And that's amazing. And this guy, this company called Enfold WordPress Theme created this plugin called Watson Finds that it's completely free. They're releasing a premium version that is not available yet, but for now it's completely free. You can install it through the uh, official repository of WordPress. And what this plugin does basically um, applies a small button on your text editor inside the WordPress administration area on your WYSIWYG. If you click on it after you wrote your entire uh, content, Watson Finds will analyze the content that you wrote and will return statistics based on emotion. So we'll tell you, okay, if a user, if a person uh, it will read this content, he will experience a 34% of joy, um, 42% of sadness, 10% of anger, and 1% of fear, all just like 5% of disgust. And it's amazing. It's like really good, especially if you are really concerned 
of uh, consistency, like consistency of the content and consistency of your message. Or if you're a content manager, if you're a project manager or content editor for a specific client that the client wants just happy, quirky and funny posts, you will have the data to confirm that what you wrote, it's actually what the user will experience. Um, this was this has been always a huge problem on the internet, especially on forums or like arguments or like uh, chats and topics like that. You will never know what's what is the actual emotional status of who's writing or who's reading because um, I can write you a joke, but you don't know if I'm telling you this joke in a way of offending you or just in a way to have fun with you or just to just be cool or be friendly. You don't know because it's just written. You cannot, it's not like talking. You cannot hear the pace. You cannot hear the tone of the voice. And that what Watson uh, is trying to do, Watson finds. And Watson finds will analyze your content and return what the actual user emotionally will experience. So it's kind of great. I really suggest you to give it a try because it's it's kind of impressive, it's kind of scary how it can detect and uh, return proper data based on your content. But it's really interesting if you're a content editor or content creator and you want to maintain consistency of all your posts or you want to post that or you want an article that triggers some specific emotions to the user now you know what type of emotions will return and that's that's pretty good so go to watsonfinds.com and just to specify they didn't pay me to do this ad they just asked me do you want to review this thing i checked it i i ran it on my wordpress and it was fantastic it was really cool and so I decided to just give it a shout out. It's not it's not a paid advertising, it's just completely free and the plugin is free. So just go to watsomefinds.com and just check it out. It's it's pretty good. We're almost at the end of this episode 23 of the Nerd Continuity. Before concluding and starting like the usual round of uh, most interesting questions that I received from the forum and from my blog and from my YouTube channel and from my social medias pretty much everywhere, I want to just tell you again that if you want, you can sign up on the forum forum.alecad.com or you can become a Patreon by going to patreon.com slash You have different pledges. You can pledge from $1 up to $50 in order to have different bonus or different rewards or whatever Patreon calls this thing. But let me know, especially if you're... Um, a student that is having a really tough exam or graduation or you're a professional that is terrifying of the next client meeting because you weren't able to complete that really really hard task of by coding something from scratch and you're in a terrible mood and you don't know what to do you can access the $50 tier where you can have a full month of private tutoring with unique sign up to my private Slack channel. So you can talk to me pretty much every day. We can have a couple of hours video chat tutoring where we can solve your problem. So if you need it, it's up there. There are only three seats available. So just take a look at patreon.com slash with 3D as usual, and let me know what you think. And to conclude this episode, there's only one question that I didn't answer or actually like I gave a pretty short answer, but I want to elaborate a little bit more during this episode of the Nerd Continuity about a user that asked if it's actually really necessary 
to learn the basic before start coding something. Especially he was referring to the basic of PHP, HTML and JavaScript before coding a WordPress theme. Uh, the user was asking why I cannot just follow the WordPress tutorials, learn about WordPress and just code it, uh, because the basics are boring. This is a really common issue. This is really pretty much everyone hits this wall in the road of learning how to code. And I know the basics are boring, but the basics are really necessary. And uh, unfortunately, that happened to me when I was really, really young and I decided to start coding. The first thing that I wanted to do, like, I want to create an RPG, like an online playing game based by chat. I want to code my own blog. I want to code my own chat. I want to code everything. I want to code my own forum. I was just like going nuts. And I, I did that. I started looking online only tutorials. Actually, online, it was a, it's a big word because online... 13 years ago was like a wasteland of nothingness. So I started reading books on how to build uh, forums or how to use specific snippets of code to build some like small chats or like accessing the source code of other websites and trying to copy. Uh, it, it was it was terrible, but I, I started building stuff and I was like, oh, this is amazing. I know how to build this. I know how to build that. But then I was getting hit by uh, tasks by um, issues that I didn't know how to solve it because I didn't know the basics because I uh, yes I knew how to build a chat but I didn't really understand how that chat works why I was using those variables why I was using those functions in that way why what's a private method what's a public or a static method what's the difference between um, a variable and an array and a scope and a closure, all these kind of stuff that are super boring to learn, but are really, really necessary. So the, the, like the, the quick answer is just you need to learn the basic, like suck it up. I know it's boring, but you need to learn the basic. They're going to be so helpful. They're going to help you to solidify your experience and your learning process will be way smoother because I don't know, like I, I know there are thousands of different coding languages, but pretty much the logic of a coding language is the same. If you learn the proper basic architecture of PHP or Scala or Go, then all the other backend languages will look similar because you know the basic of a specific backend language, all the other one will come way more naturally by knowing the basics. And the, the same things for like JavaScript. If you know all the basics of vanilla JavaScript, like regular, standard, plain JavaScript, no framework, every time you will use a framework, it's gonna come to you more naturally. It's gonna be way easier for you to use a framework if you know the basics of the language that framework is based on. And that's just a fact. Unfortunately, they're not, there are not like shortcuts. There are not tricks or tips that you can use. It's just like study the basic, learn every day and suck it up. Like it's going to be boring. Sometimes you're going to hate yourself. You're going to think like this is useless. I'm not learning anything, but you're actually are because it, it will come down the line. You have no idea how many times after many, many years of coding, I still go back to the basic documentation of PHP to say, hey, this thing is, I can do actually this super complicated thing with a really basic and standard built-in method of PHP without 
coding something stupid, crazy, complicated. There exists something uh, from the basic methods that I can use to, to speed up my process. So basics are super important. Please, please follow the basics. That's it. So it's pretty much it for today's episode of the Nerd Continuity. If you liked it, please give it a like or subscribe to my YouTube channel. If you're listening to this podcast on whatever podcast application, iTunes or whatever app you're using, please rate it, like give it a rate or a positive rate if you can or a negative if you don't like it. Just let me know, write a comment, write me a message, sign up to the forum, check my videos, become a Patreon, follow me on social media and do whatever you want anyway. Even if I tell you what to do, you're totally free to do whatever you want. The important thing, you just have to have fun and as usual, happy coding even if it doesn't make sense for this podcast. But anyway, I talk to you in the next one.